Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, my esteemed host. Kathy, we've been doing this for 16 years. You know, I look back and, and it kind of added on up. Oh, my so we're God, really... I feel so old. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, it just goes by quick, but I'm really excited to get our, our show started and our, our new season here. And, you know, between Kathy and I, we've helped thousands of leaders to perform in the top 10%. We're always looking for those little cutting-edge tools, tips that we can get either from our work or from our great uh, guests that we have. And we have Tevis Trower here today who's going to talk about your greatness is your organization's greatness. So we're going to jump into that in just a, a moment and we'll introduce her. But you know now with the COVID-19 and the Omicron uh, variant, we're all tired and our emotions are heightened. And in a stress study, about 47% of us are feeling anxiety, 44% are sad, 39% are angry, and what do we do with all these emotions? You know, and I think for leaders, this is like the leadership Super Bowl. What is it that they can do, not only to manage themselves, but their workforce when everybody is stressed out? One of the more recent uh, findings that we uh, have just seen from the Bureau of Labor Statistics is 4.5 million people walked off the job, you know, according to some of the latest um, research. So not only how do you manage yourself, how do you manage others, how do you keep them motivated? And so Kathy and I have been talking about this idea of emotional brilliance. What do you do in the moment with all this stress, all this chaos going on around you? How do you reach for the tools? How do you reach and beckon for the strategies that are going to make you uh, brilliant? So that's a lot of the theme that we're doing. And, Kat, welcome to the show. Thanks, Relly. You know, I, I it just uh, blows my mind <laughs> that we have been doing this show <laughs> for 16 years. And it's like every time we do one, it's the first time. It never gets old. And yeah. for those of you who have been with us uh, for these many years, you know that uh, Relly and I are – our business partners, uh, we are thought partners, uh, we've both written numerous books, and we just love collaborating together. Uh, for those of you who don't know who uh, Dr. Relly Nadler is, let me just, uh, just a, a few pointers, we don't want to spend too much time on ourselves, but for those of you who are new to us in 2022, uh, Relly is a thought leader in emotional intelligence. Uh, he's written uh, seven books, including uh, Physician Burnout, which is a very popular book these days. And it's not just about physicians, as you know, who need a book on burnout. We all do. Uh, we have written uh, a, a couple of books uh, together, some e-books. You can get those for free, uh, 11 Reasons Why You Need Emotional Intelligence. If you go to the podcast website, you will see how to grab that and you can share it with whoever you like, and we really hope that you do that. Relly and I, you know, we do a lot of stuff for free, and we do it because we love you. Uh, we love our listeners. We love our clients. Talk about the future of humanity. If we can't do for each other, we, we have no humanity left. But uh, before we get talking uh, about uh, Tevis Trower and her amazing work as a futurist um, and, and certainly one who knows a lot about how to motivate not only our millennials but leaders who are in need of a little help. Uh, I just want to make sure that you understand what emotional brilliance is. And so if, if the target is emotional intelligence, right, being the best you can be in the moment by knowing yourself before you focus on others. The 
the little teeny tiny red circle in that target, the bullseye, is your emotional brilliance. If your closet is your emotional intelligence, it's where you store a variety of clothes that represent who you are at any given time, whether you're relaxing or you're going to work or you have a formal event, you know exactly what outfit to go to in your closet to carry you through any event. And that's your emotional brilliance. It's knowing what to do in the moment, what to be in the moment, and what to wear in the moment. And finally, for those of you who are very detail-focused, if the map of where you live is your emotional intelligence, you know, regardless of where the traps and traffic and where there might be a uh, maybe even an accident, you know the back roads from where you work to where you live. That is your emotional brilliance. Hmm. So without further ado, yeah. Relly, um, I'm going to turn it over to you to talk a little bit about today's show, yep. and, uh, and then we'll get right into it. Great. Well, thank you, Kath. I appreciate that. And also, you know, Kathy and I have been working for as long as we have. She is the author of nine books, and Kathy mentioned the uh, e-book that we have, uh, 11 Reasons that Why You Need Emotional Intelligence. You can go to the website that we both have, www.emotionalbrilliance.com slash academy. So let me say a little bit about Tevis, and then Tevis, we've got some questions we're going to ask you. Tevis Trower is a leadership futurist. And she's an innovator in optimizing corporations through fostering greatness in their leaders. She was heralded in the best-selling megatrends in 2010 as as corporate mindfulness guru for the new millennium. Even in 2010, just the the word mindfulness, you know, uh, 12 years ago, we weren't using that as much as we're using this today. So Tevis also has assisted powerful organizations ranging from Disney to Morgan Stanley in optimizing their most precious assets, the human being. She's worked for a variety of organizations, uh, Bloomberg, Viacom, Google. Um, You can find her profiles and uh, expert advice from her in a variety of magazines, uh, Forbes, Fortune, Business Week. Uh, She's been on TV, MSNBC, Fox. So, Tevis, welcome to the show. It's such an honor to be here, and congratulations on your, what, what uh, 16 years? That's amazing. <laughs> 16 years, and we, we started Thank off. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, Travis, I'd like to start the show with um, a meaningful question, and that is, what brought you to where you are, and who have been the most influential on your career, uh, anyone in your life that you can think of? Oh, wow. That's a lovely question. Um, Do you know, I think what really brought me to where I am, I um, had hippie parents, neither were corporate, um, and I was exposed to Montessori, and you guys are learning nerds, so I have a feeling you probably know a tiny bit about it, but for for those who don't, um, it's an Italian method of education that basically says that the mind is absorbent right? And the child's mind is super, super absorbent. And what humans want more than anything is they want to feed their minds with information. And that, that natural curiosity is kind of our birthright, right? And so the question she asked, which I think is what most OD people um, ask and most leadership experts ask, is how do, what what conditions are necessary for humans to thrive so that the organization can thrive, right? And a couple things have to be true. One is there has to be social order. Um, now, that social order isn't intended to be um, rigid because in that 
the the mind can't create, right? But but there should be enough social order that that um, sense of social safety is present. Physical safety must be present. Stimulation must be present, right? And this idea of community relationship, right? And if you back up from this as a leader and you think about your company, you could probably go, ah, that's all the stuff that we do in culture, right? That's all the stuff that, 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 that we're always talking about, whether we talk about org redesign, whether we talk about learning and development, whether we talk about upskilling, whether we talk about burnout, like all these things that Relly just brought up about the great um, resignation it is really key and part and parcel. So when I think about what really led me to where I am, it's definitely that. And, um, and being a history nerd in college, right, I got to study a lot of great um, societies, great um, thinkers. And so when I found myself in corporate America after getting an MBA and I started watching like, why, why is it that we get out of bed every day? And above and beyond going there and showing up, everything that happens in between it is really a function of how we process and how we interact. And so I start really thinking about what is it that is necessary for those conditions to be present and to be optimized, and how do leaders influence that? So um, I don't know if that answered your question, Kat, but I'm certainly hopeful it did. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, before we get into the subject that you are an expert on, it's important for us to recognize some of us are meant to be in social groups in a corporate environment, and some of us are not. And I think during COVID, a lot of people have really established that, uh, you know, the parameter which you talked about as the Montessori School Foundation, which I'm very familiar with. And I think some of us have, have you know, gone out uh, on our own, if I can speak collectively for those of us who just don't fit in corporate America. We're okay to work inside of corporate America, either as, as coaches or, um, uh, you know, people that come in as consultants. But I know um, for myself, being a, a radical change agent and working with leaders who wanted to do the same, it's hard. It's hard for them yeah. to be authentic and live inside these organizations. And I think what you lay there as a foundation for, for our conversation is very powerful. So uh, that was terrific. <laughs> so following up on this, Tevis, um, so I understand from what you're saying in organizations, and you know, we talked about certainly for the need. Um, so, well, what do you bring? Is it as a consultant? Is it as a coach? Is it as training? Um, like, how do you, you know, what's the what's the vehicle to bring your knowledge and expertise to organizations? Yeah. Well, I think the reason companies reach out, you know, to us. I mean. Um, Specifically, the Great Resignation um, and COVID and all the shifts um, happening in society right now, um, in some ways, I would call it more the Great Revelation, right, that that we are um, stepping into and seeing the fault lines in corporate culture and collective culture globally that really have always been present. we just kind of felt like we had to put up or shut up. Um, so the wonderful thing, and I'm sure that you're aware of this as well, given you guys and the longevity in which you've been in this space, the wonderful thing is that that stuff that ordinaries like us have been watching and thinking about and talking about, scratching our heads about and saying, oh, how come? Does it really have to be this way? Does it really have to be that someone who's authentic to themselves doesn't have a place in corporate America, uh, to go back to Kat's um, statement, or that they feel that they have to choose between being true to themselves and having the security and structure of a corporate role. Um, So 
what this great shift is doing is it's actually exposing these conversations above and beyond folks like us. Like these are things now that that um, are bringing brought to board attention, right? Like, can we keep highly creative, expressed people? Can we keep activist employees? Because they, in the end, will do the most to move our needle creatively, right? It's like all of these questions. So the way that companies have turned to my company, because we got into this in the dark ages, kind of like, kind of like you said, Raleigh, right? Back in 2010, they called me a mindfulness expert, and I think most people who saw that um, scratch their head and goes, what the hell is mindfulness, right? I'm sick of my mind. But um, the, the, the way that we first got into this space was really asking this question, right? how do we optimize self and work in such a way that our leaders from the top down um, are setting a tone and a pace and aligning culture with strategy in such a way that everyone who comes into the door has a fighting chance to not only feel like it's a sustainably successful endeavor for them to be there, but but such that the organization is going to thrive, they're going to hit their goals and their metrics. So how does that happen? In general, a company will have a pain point, right? They will have something, some recognition, some high holy, oh crap moment, that something is not mo- is not functioning the way it could or should, and it is causing um, a leakage of energy to the organization. It, it's it's causing an inefficiency, and this is really rampant at this point. Like just a great example, one of the world's largest ad agencies. Hey, Tether, uh, I'm going to yeah. just ask you to hold that thought. We're going to okay. go to a quick break. And when we come back, we'll pick up where we left off. Don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News. So come right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Icy Tech. Like the hardworking men and women that get up every day and do their job. The ones that stop at nothing to make sure that it's done right. It's not just an effort. It's not just know-how. It's a way of life. IC Tech has been with you since 1998. And with the veteran community being behind you, we understand. With quality, with passion, we follow you in this way of life. IC Tech, for those who get it. Icy Tech is a proud sponsor of the Emotional Brilliance Academy, where e-learning is leading edge. How can you be brilliant in the moment, given the daily challenges you face at work and home? How can you enhance your strengths and limit your weaknesses? Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler's mission is to help people be the best version of themselves at work and at home with simple, trusted, evidence-based tips and tools. They have combined forces, applying the powerful science of emotional and social intelligence with the latest in e-learning and AI technology to bring you the Emotional Brilliance Academy. Through the leading Emotional Brilliance Academy programs, they help everyday leaders like you balance your emotions to better connect with people, enhance top performance, lead your teams and your organization. The Emotional Brilliance Academy gives you a common sense approach to enhance your effectiveness and happiness both on and off the job. Sign up for the program, enhance your skills, and be your best self. For a free trial, go to freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. That's freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. EBA is powered by Fearless Leaders Group, the H2C Leadership Foundation, and True North Leadership. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers, with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. 
Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practice of Top Performers. We're talking with a top performer here, Tevis Trower. You can uh, go to her website, which is www.balanceintegration.com. And, Tevis, before the break, we were talking about culture and strategy, and, and especially you know nowadays uh, with the Great Resignation, you talked about the Great Revelation, that maybe this is compelling us now to um, really be more authentic and maybe more assertive. So say a little bit more about your conviction to some of these challenges that you face and, and kind of, you know, how, and how do you, what's, what's the delivery method? Yeah, yeah, thank you so much uh, for asking that. So we generally get brought in when a company sees that something's not working. Um, and just a great example of this, one of the world's largest ad networks. Now, most ad networks um, are many, many small um, agencies that function as one across the planet. And so just to kind of set the stage that this meant the C-suite as well as all the heads of these smaller agencies with their own particular specialties across the planet. And um, the CEO of the whole thing um, saw that, one, they were experiencing 50% turnover on anyone who had been hired since um, going remote. So 50% turnover. Think about that. In a service business where clients are still expecting the exact same delivery on objectives, and even more so because advertising spend has actually gone up through um, through our time in the pandemic, right? So that's one thing. Second thing is they're seeing tons of burnout, a drop-off in creativity. They're seeing um, a lot more, I'd call it, interpersonal problems happening than they had ever seen before. And really seeing that there was no we, right? And so they brought us in specifically to work from the C-suite down on one to say, why does this matter, right? Because there's this other virus that goes around, and I know that all of us in this conversation, including those listening, have seen this virus at work, and it's called heads nodding, right? That we can read that article about empathy, or we can hear this conversation between Kat and Relly and I about authenticity, and we go, yeah, yeah, I love that, yeah, I want that, right? But the problem is most of us aren't examining how am I showing up and supporting this concretely in the organization, point one. And point two, how do I unconsciously sabotage it? Like, how do I get in the way of that being what people experience when they go to work every day? So we created uh, basically a boot camp um, in this case, right? This is just one way that we've worked with clients, right? Um, we sat down, did a lot of stakeholder conversations, um, looked at all the data, all the metrics that we could get our hands on, and said what is really needed not only to establish these values of empathy, of being agile in workflows, of being supportive of work life, of really moving into the gap between what employers want out of employees and what employees want out of employers. Like, how do we move into that gap in such a way that's meaningful, knowing that most of our assumptions about work are really hard-cooked by the time we're 20, right? They're, they're really baked in based on what we've seen function in society. So we put, I don't know, 170 heads of organizations and C-suite execs in that advertising network through a boot camp, and then we gave them um, group coaching, coaching, and alignment challenges, like how do you align to this, um, that ran basically from, I'd say, mid-August to mid-November. So this wasn't a one-hit wonder, right? This wasn't, oh, we're going to get a motivational speaker and have them tell people that they need to be nicer as leaders. No, this was not that. that it was really lean in. But creating an environment in which leaders who, as we all know, love to know it all, love to know the answers, love to look good, right, creating an environment where they felt safe 
to get uncomfortable. They felt safe to not know. They felt safe to work through problems together um, was really the most beautiful part of the conversation and I think the most impactful because we crowdsourced all the challenges that we'd worked on, and so it made it real. But that's just one example of how my company has been called um, to serve through this. So, Tavis, tell me um, and our audience, or tell us and our audience, a little bit about how you deal with um, this fear and uh, what does it take for these, uh, leaders to let go of some of the, I'll say, the emotional intelligence challenges of self-awareness. You know, they some of these people don't have self-awareness. So how do they let go of some of this fear and the challenge of, of really putting themselves at risk if they're not getting some coaching around knowing themselves better. It's so tough, Kat, and I'm just going to say it like it is, right? Um, We are so immune and allergic to our shadow, right? And what you're really talking about is that, 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 that leadership aversion to doing anything other than um, kind of show up and function. (laughs) Right, and um, you position the caveat that if they are going through some coaching, they're more likely to be supported and encouraged. And we all know that some people want it, some people don't want it, some organizations have it as kind of a premium um, thing that that, that, that folks aspire to have. Some some organizations, unfortunately, um, use it as a remedial tool, um, and ideally, your organization should be thinking about lifelong learning as an everything tool, right? Neither only for the high performers or for the folks who need a performance intervention. So, so it really should be thought of as an everything tool. But, but not everyone, as you brought up, Kat, not everyone is open to learning, right? So a lot of what we've done is figure out ways to highlight the ultimate leader and the folks who are the most respected stakeholders within the organizations. How do we show them as role models? How do we present the business case for what's at cost if they don't learn? And then how do we find a way in through... um, um, sample problem solving, uh, case studies, et cetera, that kind of get to a blind spot of theirs, right? So we're looking for that moment where someone goes, wow, that is an unconscious incompetency I have, and it's being exposed now, so I better get on it. Now, does that happen in these private conversations? Because I think as Kat's saying, those are that's challenging, and a lot of people aren't that self-aware. So, let's say you or others with your organization are you kind of challenging them to look at that, or using you know three hundred sixty degree feedback and and saying, oh, you think this, everybody else thinks that. Yeah, yeah, we do both. Um, when we have a client that's that's um, invited us in um, to do three sixty feedback, a lot of times, look. The pulse um, surveys now can be broken down to such granularity that it's easier and easier to expose through straight-up metrics what's happening on a senior leader's team, right? So, so you show them the data, um, you have a conversation about it, and whether you are then invited um, to do some coaching with that person, when you bring them into small group work, the, this kind of cultural work is best executed with group interaction. Because on my own, I can fight, I can say talk to the hand, I can say I'm just doing this because I have to, right, et cetera. But when I'm broken up into small, um, small groups with my peers and they are lean forward and engaged, 
it's going to call me to the mat in a whole other way that I'm going to have to start to show up. And the, the disarming of my own resistance to learning is oftentimes going to happen because of the learning I see happening around me. So you're fostering an environment in which you're, sh- you're seeing shifts happen, and at some point as a high performer, you start to realize, wow, I'm the one who's closed off. And so that's been kind of the one-two yeah. punch that we've uh, been using to address that immunity to change, as they call it. Well, that's great. Let me jump in here because um, so it's really using their peers that, uh, you know, everybody, as you're saying, wants to fit in, and especially for the leader, if, if they can have that vulnerability, you know, and that's one of the, you know, big words that Brene Brown has kind of popularized, if they can have that vulnerability and share, here's what I'm working on as a role model, um, the people on their team can't talk about, oh, well, you know, did you see who won the football game? When all of a sudden someone drops and they're authentic and they're really talking about themselves and what how they can get better, it's hard for the other people to be superficial. Um, yeah. So it sounds like a lot of that happens then in some of the group work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fundamentally, we are social creatures, right? And we are constantly scanning like a Doppler radar. How do I be safe? How do I win? And nowhere is that so true as in this kind of microcosm of a society at large, like the, the, the bed nest, right, of where we survive uh, financially and identity-wise is at work, right? So when you can foster an environment in which curiosity and learning is expected, um, suddenly you realize it's not going to help you win to be the outlier. Right, right. Powerful, very powerful. I like that. It's kind of simple, I guess too, one of the things right? that I'm curious about is if um, you have data, and you say you get it from uh, something called these pulse assessments, could you tell us a little bit about that, where, where you get the data and how you get it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to vary from client to client what they have access to. Um, some clients have moved into doing a lot of ongoing perpetual surveying as opposed to once a year cultural surveys. Um, some don't have a lot of that, but they have some people analytics based on tenure, advancement, age, stage in life, gender, demography, um, advancement, right, et cetera. So you're, you're somewhat at the mercy of what the organization has committed to, um, to be able to, to really diagnose what's going on team by team. But as the technology has gotten better and better and more and more efficient, um, the prevalence of pulse um, surveys has, has grown tremendously. I think the challenge is that if organizations don't act on the data they get, and you guys know this, I know, that, that over time employees are going to um, stop answering, right. ask for their, um, their opinions yep. and input because – they're going to be like, why should I bother? And that's a problem. That's where you really have to look and say, my activists don't even care. <laughs> yeah. And I think with a lot of organizations, Tevis, like you're saying, <clears throat> they're so busy, and a lot of this goes into the background because the crisis of the day, the whirlwind of the day takes the foreground, that it could be months before they come back to that survey and like you're saying, people go, well, we did that four months ago. I haven't heard anything about it, you know, because the, the organization is still taking so long to identify what to do yeah. and then pass it on to the leaders and then getting the meetings and stuff. Um, well, and um, if the news is really bad, 
right? right. Um, we did a cultural study on mental well-being for one of the world's most respected sports organizations, and the feedback was horrific. Yeah. And um, even though the person who commissioned the study had complete blessing and buy-in, the impact was so bad that it really created um, an upheaval in the organization such that um, it became uncomfortable for that uh, person. And so it kind of becomes this question of, again, back to heads nodding. You say you want to care about this. You say you know you have to. But if you kick that rock over and you see a bunch of worms and snakes and infighting and, and aggressive behavior, you better be willing to step up to the plate and lead. So, Tavis, as you're, you're talking about the, the information that you use to construct your boot camps, um, you know, one of the things that that Relly and I share in our book, Emotional Brilliance, uh, Living a Stressless, Fearless Life. And for those of you who would like to get into the Emotional Brilliance Academy platform, don't forget, eblife.com backslash free trial. Please go in there, play with it, and share it. Um, you know, we, we try to give people an opportunity to look at themselves before we expose them to a group of people to interact with so that they're going in aware of who they are, how they appear, their self-perception, their self-expression, their, uh, their interpersonal skills, what they might be struggling with to get that good decision-making and to understand about their impulse control that might lead them to be one of those um, critters you just described under the rock. So how do, you, how do you take the big picture of what's going on and get it to the individual level so that that individual can work on themselves regardless of what other people are doing or saying about them? That, that's I the gap really like this question. I'm yeah. trying to understand yeah. how an individual works on their stuff in a group before they understand where their challenges are. And, and Tevis, before well, you answer, that's... Tevis, before you answer, sorry about that. We're going to have to just go to the next break. We'll give us okay. a chance to think about this, and then uh, we'll follow right up. So come back. This is Leadership Development News. Come right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. How can you be brilliant in the moment? Given the daily challenges you face at work and home, how can you enhance your strengths and limit your weaknesses? Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler's mission is to help people be the best version of themselves at work and at home with simple, trusted, evidence-based tips and tools. They have combined forces, applying the powerful science of emotional and social intelligence with the latest in e-learning and AI technology to bring you the Emotional Brilliance Academy. Through the leading Emotional Brilliance Academy programs, they help everyday leaders like you balance your emotions to better connect with people, enhance top performance, lead your teams, and your organization. The Emotional Brilliance Academy gives you a common-sense approach to enhance your effectiveness and happiness both on and off the job. Sign up for the program, enhance your skills, and be your best self. For a free trial, go to freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. That's freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. EBA is powered by Fearless Leaders Group, the H2C Leadership Foundation, and True North Leadership. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at leadershipforuminc.com. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We are having an in-depth conversation with a futurist, uh, Tevis Trower. And so, Tevis, before we went to the break, we were talking about some of the challenges we have uh, in doing uh, work at the individual level to get them to a point where they feel comfortable uh, understanding themselves and some of their own challenges before we break loose into a group conversation where people can actually, uh, you know, almost escape from owning some of the self-awareness that's necessary, things like impulse control, uh, powerful words that you've brought up like empathy, flexibility, uh, fear. And so tell us a little bit about how you work on that and a little bit about your, your, your books. Uh, You've done some amazing work, and I think uh, if we can share that with the audience and we'll post it on our website as well, I'm sure people would love to grab it. Thank you so much. You know, um, Kate, you brought up such a Cats 22, right? Um, because to go, go into group work, um, you're always going to be supported by having an orientation point that you kind of have have done the self-study enough to know where your neon um, arrow would be pointing on your map, right? You are here, right? And by the same token, if you don't have an appetite for that or if the organization has not really stepped into a proactive position on lifelong learning for leaders, specifically for senior execs, then then where do you begin, right? The question that we talked about earlier was, how do you get the naysayers on board? Because there's a naysayer in every organization, right? And we kind of said, you know, some peer pressure, right? Um, so I, I think my, my point of wisdom I will share with you is one that my mother shared with me when I started this work, and, and it was meet people where they are. And that translates to meet the organization where it is, right? So, so when an organization approaches us and we say, you really need to do some, some skills assessment, you really need to um, have us look at your data, we need to do some coaching so people know where they're entering into this conversation with. I mean, as Relly pointed out, Rome is burning, Right, companies are like, wait, I have to do what? And how many weeks is that going to take? And meanwhile, I'm hemorrhaging talent, right, et cetera. So, so the beauty of, I think, the, um, the impetus to even have these conversations is such that 
they were never even held for a lot of organizations before, and now they have to be held. But then again, there's that kind of um, need for it to happen super, super, super quickly. And um, so my my suggestion, right, to anyone listening who who is an organizational stakeholder, um, if you're already bleeding, right, have a conversation with someone such as Kat or Relly or myself about what are those pain points that you're um, experiencing and how can you begin to meet the challenges and not only keep the organization afloat but help it thrive through the changes that are coming. So, so there's never going to be the perfect moment, right? There's never going to be the perfect moment to have kids. There's never going to be like, like this is one of those things. You just yeah. have to get on it. And this is not something um, for for you to do as a side job in addition to being a CEO or or an other line leader. The reason I'm saying this is um, I coached a couple thousand high performers um, across a number of organizations, including Bloomberg and Disney and KKR and Soros and a handful of others, and. One of the things I realized about high performers is that we are so good at thinking we got this. We are so good at pretending that we've got this. And this is why the current news around the great revelation, resignation, whatever you want to call it, is that it's going to start to hit the C-suite, right? Um, Challenger Gray showed that that um, that they had an all-time high in C-suite vacancies in October, and they think that that's going to be even higher this year. And you don't have to look further than Doug Parker in America and Bob Iger at Disney. I mean, so many even noteworthy CEOs are stepping down. But what this is doing to um, the leadership class just below the C-suite is hugely seismic shifts because of the shadow of the CEO, the halo of the CEO. And so when I was coaching all these high performers, I realized they don't oftentimes have a vocabulary or skill set to know how to navigate not only who they are and what they want, but the shifting pressures of performance, ego, identity that every leader has to deal with whether there's a pandemic or not. And so I wrote a book called The Game Changer's Guide for Radical Success specifically because I was like, they may not go to the mountaintop and meditate, and that may not even give them the self-knowledge and curiosity and the real intimate sense of what is it that's going to make this lifetime ultimately effective and satisfying for me and everything that I do. And that's really the kind of questions a lot of white-collar folks, high performers, and C-suite folks are asking themselves. Like, none of these boxes I've checked are enough for me to say it's worth it. So what, what do I have to have for me to be happy now and through whatever's coming in the next moment? And these are really powerful things to kind of set you up to be able to deal with the curveballs that come our way. So, Tevis, is so good at what you're saying. And it is this conversation, you know, and I think some of this is an example of which resume are you building. You know, you think about the resume of these corporate high performers and they return emails and uh, quick and they're getting projects done. When someone passes away, no one ever talks about that resume. But here, our whole life is building that, that building that resume. They talk about what kind of person you were, how loving you were, how generous you were. And so I think, in you know, just other language, often we're trying to convince people you're working on the wrong resume. I mean, you, you know, you can do yeah. both and. So let me just ask you this question because we're going to end in a minute. We like to say kind of what someone's go-to you know, and we have a lot of that in our book, Emotional Brilliance and EmotionalBrilliance.com. For you, what's your go-to? You're obviously um, traveling. You know, you're working with a lot of folks. Like, what do you do is your go-to to kind of make you the best? If you had to pick the one or two key things. Oh, I have two things. One, um, 
I try and get into nature, even if it's 20 uh, degrees and covered in white stuff, which right now it is. I try to get into into nature every single day. Um, the shift on your nervous system and the stimulation of your creativity and resilience just cannot be beat. It just it can't. Um, so that's one thing for me. The other thing, I am constantly learning and taking risks. And my most recent thing, like I started surfing at 40, I started snowboarding at 43. Um, I started playing guitar and, and singing and songwriting about four years ago. And I, sh- I shake every time I sit down to even practice scales. But um, making yourself do something simply for the pleasure of the mastery really deepens your awareness and relationship with how do I deal with fear? How do I deal with not being the best? Right? Which I think high performers. That is is powerful. That's powerful because uh, as all of us know, music is one of the key attributes uh, of leadership. Uh, And certainly being in nature and getting close to uh, those, I'll say, positive vibes uh, that Give us a, a sense of connectedness to something greater than ourselves is so important. Yeah. So, hey, Relly, we're kind of at the end uh, of our show. Um, yep. I just want to thank everybody for tuning in to tune up their leadership development, and I hope they got some great news out of this. I don't know if there's anything you'd like to say, but uh, yeah, I think I'm if you're really interested, grateful for for Tavis today. Thanks so much for being our guest. Such an honor. Yes. I think just an ending, if you want to get some more information, especially the 11 reasons why you need emotional intelligence, the free ebook on our site, emotionalbrilliance.com slash academy. So, Tevis, thanks so much for your insight. And for more information on uh, Tevis, her website is balanceintegration.com. You've been listening to Leadership Development News to tune in to tune up your performance. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.